together, and then we will have our service at 8 a.m. following that. So there will be one service next Sunday. Also a reminder, um, gift cards for our North American missionaries. Uh, just need those before ladies' retreat if you can give them to Sister Shepherd, or if you want to just uh, give cash and uh, specify in the offering that it's for the NAM gift cards, we'll make sure that they get either a Walmart or a Quick Trip card for $25 each. Also, April 15th, men's prayer and breakfast will be here at the church, 8 a.m. The ladies are going to meet following that at 10 a.m., so be sure to be here. All right. Mother's Memorial, our final offering date is going to be May 28th. Uh, so be praying about that. If you want to give before, that's great. But the final day that we will take that offering is May 28th. And if you have not noticed, we do have updated prayer cards for our North American missionaries. They can be found in the back. If you have any trouble finding them, see one of our ushers and they can get you one. Hallelujah. We want to pray for our North American missionaries. Amen. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are before your God, come, now is the time to worship, come, now is the time to give your heart, come, just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come. One day every tongue will confess you are God, one day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come. Now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are before your God, come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. 
One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come. Now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are before your God, come. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we have come here today to worship you, to lift up your name. Hallelujah. You are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let us not wait, Lord, but let us come and praise you now before the rocks cry out, Lord. I will praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Mosai. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord Most High. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give you the highest praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your name is a strong tower. Lord, it is your name that saves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. 
Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus which was spilt for you? Which was spilt for me? Hallelujah, Jesus. That precious blood that covers our sins. Washes us clean. Makes us right with a holy and a righteous God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you sought me out. That you saved me when I was a long ways off. That you loved me with a love I'll never understand or comprehend. Hallelujah, Jesus. You hung on a cross in my place. You spilt your blood in my place. Hallelujah. So that I could have forgiveness of sins. So that I could have a relationship with you. That my relationship with you would be restored. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice at Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, for your so great salvation. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you for the earnest of my inheritance, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thank you that you gave me your name in water baptism. 
I thank You that You caused me to live a holy and a righteous life before You. That You have set me free from the bondage of sin and death and have delivered me into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. What an awesome, awesome God we serve. What a glorious Savior. What a wondrous King that we serve today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy of our full worship. He's worthy of our full praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy of all of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome God we serve, church. Praise God. He's worth spending just a little bit of time in the presence of. Amen. We don't do ourselves any disservice by waiting on God in worship and in praise and in giving of thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because He is worthy of all worship. He's worthy of all praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9 is where we'll find our Scripture text today. Joshua must have had a little bit of a a struggle with this because he's told this or something similar several times. Joshua 1.9 says this, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And we'll be speaking for the remainder of this session session on this topic, freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. Let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to bless the remainder of His service. Jesus, You're an awesome God. I am so thankful for You, thankful for Your presence in this place. Thank You for Your Word, which is about to go forth. Let it not go forth void. Let it prosper in the thing whereto You send it. Let Your great name be glorified in this place. These things we ask in Jesus' name. We give You the glory. We give You the honor. We worship You. And we praise You. And we thank You for the great and mighty acts of the Lord which have been accomplished in our lives, which will be accomplished in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because You are here. And when You are here, anything is possible. Where You are is freedom and liberty. Thank You, Jesus, for that we are to receive in this place today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank You, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Thank you for standing. You can be seated today. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. We see this command many times in Scripture. I looked particularly for the phrase, fear not. That is found 61 times in the King James in the particular format. Uh, that we're talking about today. There's a few other times it says uh, they feared not the Lord. They fear not the Lord. Uh, That's not what I'm talking about. When God tells us to fear not, do we believe the Bible when it tells us to not be afraid? Do we believe the Bible when it tells us anything? 
How about everything? Do we believe the reasons the Bible gives us as to why we don't need to be afraid? Do we trust the one who's telling us to not fear? Now, before we get too far in our discussion, I, I think it's meet right salutary that we discuss uh, this aspect of fear, meaning respect. Of course, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we can have a healthy respect for something or someone without being terrified of it or them. <clears throat> Most people have a healthy respect for fire. I think that's a good thing. Uh, you don't want to light your arm on fire because... Why not? Um, most people would understand that's probably not a good thing to do. They respect fire because it can burn me. And that hurts. But some people are absolutely terrified of it. Of a little a match flame. They're terrified of certainly something as big as a, a, a gas stove or a, a campfire. That's something else entirely. Fear can become crippling, debilitating, even paralyzing in someone's life. They encounter the object of their fear and they're completely helpless and hopeless in the presence of that thing or that person. Why do we experience fear? Well, there is an aspect of fear, if properly used, it can be used for good. Fear can be a good thing. As long as it doesn't control us, it can motivate me to do things I wouldn't otherwise do. I've discovered in my own life that if I have something to do and I can just get it done whenever I want, it doesn't get done. I have got to set myself a hard deadline. And once I set that deadline, I've got to let someone else know that that deadline is there. Because I will cheat. I've discovered that too, and I'm not proud of it. But if no one else knows it, well, no one else knows that uh, I'm going to move it back. But if I let someone else know, then it's it's set. I got to get this done now, and it gets done. Fear of discipline will cause me to do things I might not otherwise do. When I was living in my mom and dad's house, there are certainly things that I would really have liked to have done, except for fear of the belt. That kept me away from all kinds of evil. Praise God. I wasn't terrified of Dad's belt, but I did have a healthy respect for it. When it came out in that particular way, it's all done. Just, uh, just find a pillow to scream in, find a stick to bite down on. This is happening. <laughs> Amen. Fear can clarify things and cause me to focus. Soldiers know this all too well. You know, you can be you can be in the rear just joking around. Uh, Sergeant comes, we're going to do hip pocket training. Everyone's like, eh, whatever. But when you're in the field and there's bullets whizzing by, smacking the tree next to you, things become a little bit clearer and more focused and defined at that point. And for a good reason. Someone's trying to kill me. I better stay focused on this situation here. 
I can't worry about the, the letter that I just got from, from my girlfriend right now. I can't worry about it. I'll worry about it later. But right now, i got to stay alive. It focuses us, causes us to clarify things in our lives. This even works in the business world. Did you know that most people would consider public speaking, they're more afraid of public speaking than dying? Isn't that crazy? I found that fascinating. <clears throat> I used to be afraid of public speaking, uh, the, 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 the lead up to that. I was always fine once I got up here, uh, even in, in school, you know, we'd have to give the in speech class. We'd have to give the speech, and one, one time in speech, I had everything ready. I was going to talk about the solar system, because I knew, I knew all about that. You know, I could name them by name, spell them, all the planets, blah, 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 everything. And then I got up, and my note cards fell out of my hand, <clears throat> and they were all over the floor. I picked them up really quick, and uh, I made like I was looking at them, but I was winging it the whole time. And I did pretty good. I didn't get everything else I wanted, but once I get up, I was generally fine. But the, the lead up, the, the thinking about it, that terrified me. It, it petrified me. So I always wanted to go first, get it done, and I could relax. Fear can be used, however, in harmful ways, evil ways. Fear can be used to manipulate and to control people. <clears throat> Anyone know that... Governments are pretty good at doing that. News outlets, they sell fear. That's why you see so very few good news articles. They'll have a piece now and again, but that's not what makes them money. That's not what generates clicks or watches. It's the fear. Religions and cults can use fear as well to manipulate and to control people. People use fear and intimidation to control and dominate others. So fear can, in certain circumstances, be good. Cause us to focus, gain control, clarity. Gets things done for us in our lives when otherwise they may not have gotten done. But we've got to be careful. So why do we become afraid in certain situations? Well, I'll tell you why I respect a hot stove is because I've touched it. Even though mom and dad told me not to, I knew they were crazy. They were just trying to keep me from something fun. I knew that. So I touched it. I don't touch it anymore. Turns out they weren't so crazy. <laughs> I'm afraid of getting burnt on the hot stove because I've been burnt by a hot stove before. I respect that hot stove. I'm afraid of poisonous snakes. Now, constrictors, I'll let them do anything they want. Wrap all around me. I can do anything with constrictors. Love constrictors. Poisonous snakes, though? Nope. I have no time. Keep it away. I'll shoot it, step on it, run from it, whatever I need to do. I don't want poisonous snakes. But I've never been bit by a poisonous snake, so why am I afraid of poisonous snakes? Because I know what they can do to, to people. And I know that's the truth. That's not just someone spinning me a yarn here. I get bit by one, that's going to hurt real bad. And it could kill me. Painfully. 
So I want nothing to do with a poisonous snake. <clears throat> That's probably bordering on fear. I, I think I have more than a healthy respect for a poisonous snake. Some people are afraid of certain other people because of things that have been done or said by those people in the past. Abuse victims comes to mind. People can become afraid of other people because of abuse that they've experienced at a person's hands. We can learn to be afraid in certain circumstances because of our experiences or because of others' experience. Or we can learn a healthy respect for the same reasons. But there are people who are afraid of things that they really shouldn't be afraid of at all. People who experience phobias or irrational fears. Is anybody in here claustrophobic? <clears throat> what is the reason for that? Is there a good, rational, logical reason for that? Do closed spaces kill people? I'm sure of it. <laughs> They may kill people who are afraid of closed spaces, but the space itself isn't going to kill anyone. I'm not claustrophobic. I could go into that space and be just fine. No problem. I could eat my lunch there. I could have a conversation with someone there. I could take a nap there. I'd be fine. It wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt me. It wouldn't kill me. It wouldn't do anything to me. So why are people afraid of closed spaces? How about arachnophobia? Anyone afraid of those little itty bitty critters? Now there are some spiders perhaps it's good to have a healthy respect for. Black widow, tarantula, yeah, those kinds of things. Well, how about a daddy long leg? That's not really a spider, I, I know. But uh, my daughter's going to correct me here. <laughs> Well, they are. Okay. So I am right. They are spiders. But there's no reason to be afraid of them. They can't kill me. They can't really even hurt me. But people are scared to death of them. They really should be afraid of me, right? Shouldn't they be afraid of me? I can kill them. I can kill them without thinking. I'll just brush against them. And they're dead. They're a smear. But there are people desperately afraid of them. And I could go on and on about different phobias. <clears throat> I have, uh, you may find this funny, but I have a fear of heights. <clears throat> That's one reason I went airborne is to try to conquer that fear. Still afraid of heights. <clears throat> once, once I'm in the air, I'm fine. <clears throat> kind of like public speaking. Once I'm in the air, I'm fine. But leading up to that is what terrifies me every time. Anyway, um, but there are things that, that people are afraid of that they have no reason to be afraid of. The fear of heights. If you fall off of a great height, that's a reason to be afraid. Uh, there should be a healthy respect there if you're hanging off an edge on a 200-foot cliff. Uh, definitely respect that. But the height itself, I mean, that even kicks in on a bridge. If you're on a bridge and you look up at one of the, the things, 
you start getting a little vertigo. <clears throat> Why? There's no, phys- there's no physical reason for me to experience that. When I'm standing on land and I look up at a telephone pole, there's nothing. No, no effect whatsoever. But I'm on a bridge and I do that, I start getting vertigo. Isn't that interesting? There's no good reason for that. But it happens. <clears throat> now, for the next little bit, please forgive my personal reference. I know me better than anyone. Uh, so, there's that. Talking about fear, I am, I would consider myself somewhat of an expert on it because I have lived with fear for a very long time. Not so much anymore. Thank God for that. But growing up, young adult, I was constantly in some state of panic or fear. And there were, there were a lot of reasons for that. Uh, didn't really like myself. Knew no one else did. Uh, I was always trying to please people. I was concerned about what people thought. Uh, doing the wrong thing. Saying the wrong thing. Uh, afraid of offending someone. So you're walking on eggshells. Um, always trying to read people. How are they responding to, to the words I'm using? Um, Always stressed out about something. Always worried about something. Always fearful that something was going to happen. I was going to mess up somewhere and someone was going to get upset and that was it. I let someone down again. It doesn't take too, too long with that that other things start to happen to you. Physiological things for sure. But... I know, I know growing up, uh, I've probably used this example before, um, when I would try to take the initiative and get something done, I, I saw something needed to be done, so i do it, but I did it wrong, so i get yelled at. <clears throat> so the next time, I'm not going to do it, because I don't know how to do it, and then I get yelled at for not taking the initiative. So what do you do? I'm doomed either way. So easier to not do it. I'll just not do it. Uh, and be doomed that way. <clears throat> so, you start when fear is, is a constant companion for you, when you're always afraid that you can't you can't operate properly. You can't do the things that you're not only that you're supposed to do, but that you need to do. It starts showing up in every area of your life. Failing in this, failing in that. I consider myself a reasonably intelligent person, but if you look at my grades, you wouldn't believe it. If you look at my high school grades, they were perfectly average. I could have done a lot better. I know I could have, but I didn't. <coughs> Some of you may be the same thing. Why? Because I was afraid of what my fellow students would think. Every time I'd raise my hand in seventh grade math class, I loved math. I'd always have the answer for the teacher in seventh grade math. But there was a fine young lady sitting behind me that would kick me in the 
tailbone every time I raised my hand. So I figured out, and she was very popular, I was not. So just let it lie. I didn't get kicked anymore. So all of this stuff, and the only reason I'm bringing this up, God has, has delivered me from all of that. He's, he's healed me. I don't live in fear anymore because of God. Thank God for that. But the reason I bring this up is because there are people still living in fear. There are people still affected by that. Now, I'm not talking about a healthy respect for someone or people. You know, when the Bible says we need to fear the Lord our God, that's talking about a healthy respect. We're not terrified of God. Although His terror can lead us to a place of repentance, being terrified of hell can lead us into the right areas. But even in that, folks, we can't live there. We can't live in a constant state of fear. It might lead us to God, but we've got to move on from there. We've got to learn to love God and to serve Him out of love. Not out of fear, not out of duty or obligation, but out of love. Because He loves us. Amen. And we don't have to be afraid We don't have to be afraid of commitment. We don't have to be afraid of what other people might think. Now, maybe we should have a a bit of respect for what other people might think. I mean, you know, general decorum of society. Don't start, I don't know. Nah, forget it. Don't worry about what people think. Worry about what God thinks. If God's good with you, you got nothing to worry about. <clears throat> you don't have to worry about pleasing anyone else if you're pleasing Jesus Christ. Just worry about that. If you're going to worry about anything, worry about serving God. Fear of failure, folks, nobody likes failure. Okay? Nobody. Nobody starts a project looking to fail. It is my purpose in life to fail this. No. no one, nobody does that. But people do fail. Why are they failing? Because they're trying to do something. They're trying to get something done. When you're doing something, you're going to experience failure. The only person that never fails is the person that doesn't do anything. The person that buries his talent in the dirt. But at the end, he failed too, didn't he? So don't worry about failure, folks. You're going to fail while trying to do great things for God. Don't worry about failure. If it doesn't work, course correct or Throw it to the side and try something else. As the saying goes, keep failing your way to success. Eventually, it's going to happen. Fear of letting people down. Yeah, you're going to let people down. You're going to say something stupid. You're going to do something inadvertently that makes somebody upset or angry. Try to make it right. But it wasn't on purpose. It was out of ignorance. I'm sure... In the time I've been here, I've done it at least once to somebody. It has to have happened by now. I'm human. You guys are human. So if I have, I promise you it wasn't on purpose and I do apologize. I'm not setting out to do that. But at the same time, I'm trying to follow Jesus Christ. I trust all of you are too. Some people are afraid of success. 
Many people are afraid of failure, but there are people that are afraid of success, and they will self-sabotage their efforts to not succeed. Why are they afraid of success? Well, because success brings a lot of responsibility. Success brings a lot of uh, additional things into my life that I may not think I'm prepared to deal with. You succeed in the kingdom of God and God starts promoting you and He starts expecting more. Some people are uncomfortable with that. Fear of others' opinions, saying doing the wrong thing, walking on eggshells around people. Now, don't go out of your way to offend someone. Uh, I got freedom and liberty here, so I'm just going to say my mind. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that either. Have some tact. Uh, Jesus spoke with tact. Let's be Christ-like. But at the same time, say the truth in love, folks. Something needs to be said. Say it. Say it respectfully. Say it in love. But say it. And that applies to me too. I'll say that again. Please come talk to me. If you disagree with something I'm teaching or preaching, think I'm doing something wrong, come talk to me. Not in front of the congregation, but... We'll go, go back into the study. You're a female. We'll bring my wife. And we'll talk. And I mean that. I do mean that. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you for having the courage and the love for me to keep me accountable. Fear of offending someone. Fear of the unknown. That's part of being human, folks. You don't know everything. You're not going to know everything. But Jesus does. And so we can trust in Him. We can trust in Jesus because He knows everything. Fear of the known. That's a whole slew of things. Fear of loss, fear of commitment. we got to move on. There's all kinds of things we can be afraid of if we look for it. And the enemy will certainly help you with that if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking to be afraid, if you're looking for a reason to fear something, He'll provide it you. Jesus, though, does not want you to live in fear. He wants you to be set free from fear. Jesus wants us to love and respect Him, not to be afraid of Him. Okay? Again, some people come to Jesus through fear, but no one stays there. I promise you, one way or the other, they're going to leave that place. They're going to go back to where they were or they're going to move forward with God and establish a relationship based on love and not fear. Relationships with other people. Folks, they can't be based on fear. Our motivations for doing things cannot be based in fear. It's got to be based in love. It's got to be based in something other than fear. If you're doing anything in fear, that's the wrong reason. That's the wrong reason. I can't live my whole life being afraid that I'm going to go to hell. I can't live my whole life fearing I'm missing heaven. At some point that has to change. 1 John 4, 18 and 19 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. So it's the love of God ultimately that frees us from fear. Understanding what that love means. 
been talking about the love of God all day, and it's hilarious to me because that used to, uh, I used to try to minimize and, and poo-poo that a little bit because that's not all God was and that's all I ever heard. But the more I live for Him and the more I walk forward in Him, the more I realize how important that is, the love of God. Amen. I'm going to rattle some scriptures off demonstrating to us why we should not be afraid and the reasons why. Genesis 15 and 1 says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. Why? I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I read that verse about a year, year and a half ago, seemingly for the first time. I'd read it a, long, a lot before, but this, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward, that blew me away. That really spoke to me on that, on that particular day. Jesus is my reward, my exceeding great reward. I don't need anything else. All of the blessings of God, all of the provision that He provides is fantastic. I rejoice in that. I love Him for it. I thank Him for it. But I don't need any of that. He's my reward. He's my everything. He's my salvation. If I get nothing else in this life but Him, I've got more than I could possibly imagine. Because He's my shield, my protection, my cover, and my exceeding great reward. Deuteronomy 20, 3 and 4 says, And shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is He that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Amen. We've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. We're in a battle. We're, we are at war. And in war, we're going to confront the enemy. When we confront the enemy, it's not to shake hands and, and have a cup of coffee with them. It's to fight. The enemy is going to fight you. You better fight him. Amen. And when we encounter battles in our life, when the war wages hot against us, we need to realize and confirm again in our spirits that it is God that goes with us to the battle. He fights the battle for us. He delivers the victory to us. It's not ours to fight. We go to the battle, and then God fights it for us. Amen. Praise God. We don't have to be afraid. You know, when I first came into church... I was told, I don't know how many times, you need to be careful when you're dealing with evil spirits. You need to be careful because they're going to get you. They're sneaky. You're not careful. You're not completely prayed up, fasted up, studied up. They're going to sneak in and they're going to grab you. So I want nothing to do with them. How do I know if I'm prayed up, fasted up, studied up? I mean, what does that even mean? I don't know what you mean when you say that. <clears throat> Folks, that's, that's far from the truth. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the name of Jesus Christ. That's all we need. That's all we need. They've got to submit to that. They don't have to do anything with me. But they've got to submit to the name of Jesus Christ. They have got to recognize the power and the authority that the Holy Ghost gives us. That that name gives us. Amen. So we don't have to be careful about these things. We don't have to be afraid that they're going to sneak up behind me and, and latch on to me. If they try, punch them in the throat. 
Tell them to get off. Go away. Shut your mouth. We've got authority over them. We don't have to fear the enemy. We have authority over the enemy. He should fear us because of the blood of Jesus that's applied to our lives. Because of the power and the authority that He's given us through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Don't be afraid of evil spirits. And don't give them the time of day. Don't talk with them. Don't listen to them. Just shut them up, shut them down, and kick them out. Amen. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, He it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Amen. So this goes a bit farther. He's going with us, but He's not going to... In the middle of the battle, where did He go? He left. No, you'll never find that to be true. God will never leave us or forsake us. He's going to stay with us to the very end, and He will not fail. He cannot fail. How could He possibly fail? An infinite amount of power. Infinite amount of authority. How could a being like that fail? And it has all knowledge, all wisdom, all understanding. He cannot fail. Second Kings 6.16 says, He answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. We know the account that that comes from. Folks, we've got the army of God behind us. We've got all of the resources of heaven at our disposal. We don't always believe that, though. But it's true. It's absolutely true. It's all available to us. That entire banquet table is available to us. Don't, don't be satisfied with crumbs. Don't be satisfied with whatever spills off the table. You're not dogs. You're not servants. Not in this sense. You're sons and your daughters. Amen. We are servants. We are slaves to Jesus Christ. I understand that. But in this sense, in this capacity, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let's start living like it. Let's start acting like it. Like we have the authority of the King. Praise God. Isaiah 41 and no, 35 and 4. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. If you ever find that you're in a situation where you feel like you're, you're drowning, you're in over your head, there's nothing left for you to do. Folks, He's going to come with a vengeance. And He'll deliver you. He'll come with signs and great terrors and wonders and miracles. He'll move heaven and earth for His children. Praise God. Now that may not take the form of anything physical. And I say that because there are people in the world today who are dying for the name of Jesus Christ. What about them? God's not coming with a vengeance for them. I dare say He is but just not in the physical. This isn't a physical fight. The weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're spiritual. And at the end of the day, folks, that's all that really matters. I am not supposed to fear 
the individual that can burn my body and leave my soul intact. Because it can, this body is going to turn to dust either way. Along with all my possessions, for that matter. I'm not supposed to be afraid of that individual. I'm supposed to fear only the Lord God. And that being a healthy respect and reverence. Isaiah 41.13 For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Isaiah 43.1 But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I've called thee by name. Thou art mine. What a comfort that verse is. I've called thee by name. Thou art mine. He knows exactly where you're at. I heard a... That reminds me, it came to mind, and I haven't told it yet. Maybe some of you have heard this. If you have, just smile and be surprised like everyone else. There you go. Just like that. <laughs> I heard this, this story from a, a message of Lee Stone King, so some of you may have heard it. He's talking about uh, uh, something that happened to T.W. Barnes. Uh, a while back now, I don't remember his wife's name, but the Lord spoke to him. There was a Billy Graham crusade in his, his town. And uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to go to the Billy Graham crusade. I'm going to have two seats reserved for you right up front in the center aisle. He said, okay. So he got his wife said, honey, get ready. We're going to go to the Billy Graham crusade. Jesus just spoke to me. said he's going to have these seats ready. <clears throat> so they got ready and they went. And... Uh, they were getting seated by the, the usher there, and they got seated toward the center. There were a couple seats there toward the center. And uh, so they, they sat down there, and his wife looks over to him and says, Honey, I thought you said Jesus spoke to you and said that we were going to be sitting in the front. He said, Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. And then there was a guy that was passing by, looked at him, looked at him again, and went up to him and said, would you folks like a seat up front? <clears throat> and he said, yes, we would. <laughs> so he got they seated exactly where Jesus said it was going to be. Center, right in the front there. And so Brother Barnes was a little bit confused by that. He said, so he's like, Jesus, why did you do it that way? And God spoke to him and said, I did it that way, Tom. It's the only guy I, I know that could call him Tom. But uh, I did it that way so that you would understand one thing. I always know where you're at. And that was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool when I heard that. So Jesus always knows exactly where you're at. Every single time. Daniel 10.12 said, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to taste in thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. And I am come for thy words. Folks, when you cry out to the Lord in prayer, it may seem like the heavens are brass. It may seem like he's a thousand miles away. But he heard you the very first day. He heard everything that you said. Every tear that you said. He saw it. He heard it. He understands it. And I promise you, 
that when you come to Him in prayer, He is effecting change immediately. It may not be demonstrated in the natural immediately. It seems like it, it doesn't happen too often that way. But, doesn't matter. Jesus is starting to work. The Spirit is moving instantly. The Spirit world is, is moving immediately. When we set our face to seek the Lord our God in prayer, He hears us instantly and begins to move and begins to work. However long that takes to affect the natural world, that's how long it takes. But understand, that doesn't matter. The spirit world is what matters. That's reality. This is temporal. This is temporary. This isn't reality. This flesh that I'm wearing, this meat suit that I'm wearing right now, this isn't me. This is, this is what I'm walking around in. It's not who I am. That's not who you are. Luke 8.50 This is Jesus speaking now. But when Jesus heard it, He answered Him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Luke 12.7 But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, are ye of more value than many, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Luke 12.32 Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Acts 27 and 24 Saying, Fear not, Paul, Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Revelation 1.17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Amen. Folks, we have many good and exceeding great and precious promises concerning uh, this idea of fear, of being afraid. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear for any reason. There is no circumstance we can find ourselves in where we should be afraid. When When the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the storm, they were afraid. Jesus stilled them, comforted them. The storm may still be raging, folks, but Jesus is there with us in the midst of it. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. The finances aren't what they should be. I'm going to run out of food. Don't worry. Don't fret. Jesus knows. Some of you, maybe many of you, have been in that circumstance many times before. We've been once or twice, really, where we were concerned we weren't going to have the next meal. But Jesus always comes through. If you read the story of George Mueller, that is incredible. It's amazing. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be incredible or amazing. It, should, it is incredible and amazing what God does, but it, it shouldn't be out of the ordinary. It should be something that we experience regularly as children of the Most High God. The provision miracles of God. The salvation miracles of God. When we trust Him in that capacity, when He is so close and so dear to us, 
that we can take literally everything to Him in prayer. Everything. When I start getting concerned about something, i got to take that to God in prayer. Be careful for nothing. Be full of care about nothing. But by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace comes after I've given everything to God in prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving. Amen. That's when the peace comes that passes all understanding. Why? Because He's got it now. And I know He's got it. He's got everything taken care of. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't need to. I don't need to know that stuff. I used to need to know that stuff. But I don't need to know it anymore. As long as I know He's got it, He's got it. And when He, when he desires, He'll make everything happen the way it needs to happen. And everything's good. I don't need to know the day to day. All I need to know is Jesus is in charge. All I need to know is that when I bring these situations as small or as great as they may be to Him in prayer, He's going he's gonna to take care of them. He's absolutely going to take care of every single one of them. He won't forget about any of them. He won't leave any of them off. He takes care of us. It's His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Let's all stand. I think we'll do things just a little bit differently here, at least for me. Uh, today. You can pray in place if you so choose. Come up to the front if you so choose. Uh, it doesn't really matter at this point. But what I do want us to do is I want us to seek the face of God. We can sit down, get comfy. Uh, we can come to the front. Whatever you, whatever you desire to do. But let's find a place of prayer. Let's seek the face of God. If we're afraid, in, if we have fear in our lives, you don't have to confess it to me. Confess it to Him. Confess it to Jesus. It's not His will for you to experience fear. Whatever the reason for that fear is, He can remove it. He can take care of it. He can heal us. He can forgive us. He can deliver us. Whatever is necessary for us to be, for that to be removed from our lives. It's not His will for us to have fear. It's His will for us to have peace and joy and have the liberty and freedom to serve Him in every way He wants us to. Every way that He created us to. Amen. So let's find a place to pray now. And let's seek the face of God over this. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful for You. I'm so thankful for Your so great salvation. Thank You, Jesus, for this opportunity You've given us today to enter in again to the presence of Almighty God. We've heard in Your Word promises, exceeding great and precious promises that You have given unto us, both in the Old and in the New Testament, concerning fear, that we don't have to be afraid, that we don't have to be even concerned about these things, but that we can give them to You. We can understand through the Word of God that when we face the enemy, we don't have to be afraid of the enemy. Whatever form that takes, 
whether it be temptation or trial or test, whether it be the removal of things that I value in my life, the addition of things that I don't like in my life. Whatever you allow in, whatever you allow the enemy to touch or to do in my life, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. I can trust in You. I can give that to You. Lord Jesus, You understand exactly what I'm going through. You understand exactly where I'm at. You understand exactly every circumstance and situation surrounding that. And now, Lord Jesus, we give these situations over to You in prayer. These things that we're worried about. These things that we're stressed over. These circumstances and situations that got us having a difficult time going to sleep at night. That raised our blood pressure. That's